Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, wonderful, fightful people on our Friday night. This is your SmackDown and AEW Rampage post-show review brought to you by Blue Chew and NordVPN. It is May 27th. Sean is off tonight taking a well-deserved night off. We've got Alex Cardoza joining us today. Alex, how are you? I'm doing great. Ready to um, listen to you talk about some great wrestling matches today. <laughs> Well, I do talk a lot, but we are excited to also get your opinions worked into our show. We are excited to have all you wonderful people joining us. As always, we, of course, have Rampage as the go-home to Double or Nothing, which is a stacked card getting more stacked by the second. I feel like every time we complain about how long these AEW cards are, Tony Khan's like, I'm going to add one more match just to prove you all wrong, and you're going to love it. So... I will take it. And we're going to start with Rampage tonight. Before we get into that, get in your super chats. Get in your humper chats at humperchats.com. We had a lot of matches that hump tonight. So appropriate that you would use it. Also, we get to keep a little bit more of the pie when you guys send in humper chats over super chats. Really, really helps us out. Helps people like me stay employed. And Fightful Select, people, subscribe as soon as you can. Why? Because it's double or nothing weekend, Sean has a ton of news coming out of that. Um, we also had some exciting news break today about the mystery opponent for the New Day. I think a lot of us might have figured out who it was already, but that's okay. We confirmed it for you. Some returning AEW talent that's been off screen a while also seen backstage. So subscribe for just $5 a month and leave a thumbs up on this video, you guys. We would really appreciate it. Helps people find us in the algorithm. We're going to start off Oscar Villanueva telling us that Rampage was fun. Got me hyped for the pay-per-view. I couldn't agree anymore. Like, that was such a fun episode. Ricardo the Mark chiming in saying, so hyped for Double or Nothing. It's going to be great. I know it. Yeah, I am very excited about this. I'm the world's biggest CM Punk, Mark. Anybody watching this for not the first time probably already knows that. Uh, but I, uh, I'm i so excited for that title feud. But this whole card, 
Um, Rampage was always a fun watch. I feel like it being an hour is so digestible, which is really, really fun. But I felt like this episode was a particular blast, probably because it's a go home, but also such a diverse array of like everything that makes pro wrestling great. We got some really fun stuff. We had an incredible opener, which is what we're going to start with. But before we dive into that, I just want to get your thoughts on what are you thinking about this AEW double or nothing card? And how did you feel about Rampage overall tonight? Oh, man. You know, we were talking about this uh, off air. And uh, I thought that the opening match alone, like AEW Rampage always has an opening match that just gets you hooked. And it's always ready for you. You never have to wait. There's no intros. You're just going at 100 miles per hour. I thought that match between Evan Bourne and Daniel Bryan. Right? Well, no, that's not his name anymore. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I call, Brian Danielson. I, Brian Danielson Daniel, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like to reverse it once in a while. But yeah, he, oh, man, he's just so good. I don't know what WWE didn't see in him or how they dropped the ball on that, but that match was incredible. As far as double or nothing, uh, I know you just mentioned something about the card and how long it is, but people need to remember we get four pay-per-views, four pay-per-views a year. So you're getting a, you know, paying $50. It's not on a streaming service. And these $50 are going a long way when they're giving you a card that's four to five hours long. Agreed. And what's incredible is, even with those long cards, I find myself wanting to go back and rewatch so much stuff because they are so dense. And I feel like something that is underestimated in wrestling in general is the sequencing of your card. And I feel like AEW does a really, really good job with that. Like they give you kind of your down moments when you need it. They give you those pick me ups when you kind of need a breather from like these more intense storytelling ones. Um, so I'm a little mixed on it because it is a lot to sit through, especially like I'll be reviewing it with uh, not this Alex, but another Alex, our wonderful Alex Pulowski on Fightful Select. Uh, you can join us for the paywall pay-per-view review after it. So it is dense and it's a lot to take in, but uh, I feel like it's it's delivering. So I have very few things to complain about because I have a hard time thinking about what I would cut or move to a pre-show. But let's dive in to tonight uh this kicked off we were just saying with danielson and seidel i loved so much of this match for a match that didn't really have a story going into it like a real one i thought this was incredible there were a lot of things to like about it very early on in the match there was an insane rolling surfboard stretch that was like so much fun to watch and looks so painful seidel had an amazing snapmare into a rising knee strike uh, Danielson had an incredible single leg crab that just looked so painful. And the move that I feel like everybody was talking about was that sunset flip power bomb reversal from Seidel. Holy cow. We talk about all the time how styles make matches. This I felt like was a really, really good example of that. Also loved commentary talking about that the last time these two faced each other was 2007 in Ring of Honor. So they did not face each other in WWE. Always love having Regal on commentary. I know some people think he can be a bit much, my co-host included last week, but I find him just so delightful. Just a really, really solid match here. What did you think of this match as the opener? I agree with you. I love that we start right away. We don't even get entrances anymore with these. How did you feel about this kicking off Rampage? You know, fast-paced style. Uh, they were kicking their heads off. Um, that <laughs> You mentioned that Sunset Flip into the uh, Powerbomb. Dude, let me tell you something. If there's any doubt that uh, Danielson has any type of 
injury problem, you can just wipe those away because the man is going and going hard in the ring from the kicks front to the headshots, the forearms. He is showing you that he's always had, uh, you know, a little bit of a spark still left in him. And AEW, the good thing about AEW too, okay, is that they're letting him rest. He's not in front of your face every week. So if he does have a match like he just did with Seidel, like, you know, earlier this uh, afternoon, he can rest and do the pay-per-view and take a couple days and come back. It's not like, you know, the heavy uh, torture that WWE was for him. Yeah, and especially not having house shows. And I feel like AEW is so good at rotating their talent, which is also just nice from a story standpoint. It's a lot easier not to get sick of guys when they're not on my screen every week and are more like every other or... You know, it's a, a quick segment or a backstage and then they're wrestling the next week. So it's just a really, really nice array. Um, I, I thought this was a heck of an opener. We have a couple of, of super chats. Coxhead Greg House on a Humper Chat sending in saying, listen, your girl was a great show. Some wrestling chat and some general chat. Really one of the best FF shows in a while. Listen, your girl was great. Um, Denise is a lot of fun to have in there with Sean when Jimmy can't make it. It's kind of a rotating spot when Jimmy Van can't make that show. And it's really fun because I feel like usually who gets called in is someone from a Fightful show that maybe you haven't seen them in that context, like talking about just general wrestling and some fun general combat sports stuff. Usually we're kind of in a more specific situation. So thank you for, for watching and thank you for sending in that Humber chat. We really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I as far as openers go, I thought this was the most fun. And we got a nice contrast immediately after it, which was hysterical and still led to a great match. But we see the Hardy Boys <laughs> come down the ramp with Gangrel for a match versus Taylor Rust, which was great to see Taylor um, and John Cruz. We have a, a super chat coming in from Brendan Charles Powell saying, what a wild rampage Young Bucks cosplaying as the Hardy Boys. Cutler as Lita killed me. I was crying. I was in tears of laughter. Oh my goodness. When he had his little underwear sticking out the back of his pants, I was cracking up. This was so much fun. We had this new brood reunion. We had the Young Bucks doing a ton of the Hardy's moves. What did you think of the match? And then we'll get to the post-match shortly. Yeah. So, you know, when it first when it first kicked off, I'm like, oh, wait, what are they doing out right now? Like, I wasn't expecting the Hardys to come out. And I mean, they looked where the camera was positioned. By the way, I come from the cinematography world. So as the where the camera as far back as it was, I was like, what's happening? And then as the camera got closer, I'm like, wow, but so good to the T. And Brandon Cutler. It took me a while to realize that he was just as Lita. Okay, but when I saw his little thong sticking out, that's when it all clicked for me. I'm like, he's Lita. This is like so genius. And by the way, um, what was wrong with Gangrel? He was like really limping down that uh that runway. Did you see that? When he like his leg was like completely like bolted out, like limping down. Yeah, I did notice that, but most importantly, he still managed to get the DVT off. Yeah. That's what we needed, right? Yeah, yeah. He was still <laughs> able to get in there and and, uh, and and get some bumps in. But I I thought it was I thought it was fun. I you know, uh, why not? 
You know, Rampage very rarely, or even AEW in its own, very rarely does haha sticks. So, but when they do do it, it's placed so well, like they just did now with with uh with with them. So, I agree, and also the match was good. It was just very clearly advancing a different story than what was happening in the match, right? Um, but like I was like, man, Nick Johnson's Nick Jackson Swanton bomb really good. Like there were so many moves that they used, and they had a tag match before where they had definitely paid homage to them and other tag teams before which i i love that storytelling and then to kind of bring that back here was super super fun the live crowd loved it i feel like with these live rampages you, there's just a little bit more energy because you didn't just sit through you know by the time you include AEW dark if you go to the taping and then dynamite we get to rampage finally this being on its own i thought was really really great so i thought this was super fun i thought uh the hardy boys coming down at the end makes sense it was a nice add to the card even though some of these matches feel like a little bit thrown together things that feel dream matchy i don't feel like need a huge build if you consider it a dream match like they faced each other before so that kind of takes the mystique out of it for some people to me it is i think it's gonna be a blast but i thought this whole thing was absolutely hysterical Joseph Snark sending in a humper chat saying Gangrel looks like he hasn't aged in the last two decades that ddt was sick he still bumps. <laughs> well, he was just, this is why, this is when he came down, I, I saw that he looked injured and then he just had a match like a week ago. So I wonder if that perhaps had anything to do with it, but he was, he could definitely still move around in the ring. Very, very possible that his last match did that to him because he just is a maniac. He just still goes really hard, even at his age. So um, I thought this was a blast. I'm glad you did too. I think everybody thought this was a, a really fun way to go about building this feud very quickly. Like what a, what a fun idea. And also like, if you're Nick Jackson, how much are you like probably marking out that you got to wear the face paint? Like that's the coolest. <laughs> well, we told you to subscribe to FIFO Select. And here's another reason why, as reported by us and revealed on Rampage, we found out that Darby Allen and Kyle O'Reilly will be facing each other at double or nothing. Holy crap. Is that a match that I did not know I need to see? And now I want it in my veins. I think that it's going to be such a blast. Um, effective little segment here. Darby Allen. Sometimes on the Mark Order podcast, we started calling him Dar Darby Avant-Garde because it seemed like we could not do anything without there being like some artistic video package behind it. Sometimes it's nice just to have like a promo and him say something, which was perfectly appropriate here, especially in a one hour show. Um, I just think that uh, this is going to be an incredible match. Kyle O'Reilly against Samoa Joe and his match with Phoenix were so unbelievable. For people that feel like maybe he was a little tucked away on NXT or were unaware of what he could do, I think we're starting to see just how good he is in the ring. So I'm looking forward to that match. Are you? Yeah, you know what? Something about Darby Allen that I love is just that he brings it in every single match that he's in, right? Like he is a fireball, a firecracker, ready to just explode. And I think that um, Kyle O'Reilly is the opposite. He's a great mat technician and he could whoop your ass or whoop your booty up and down the <laughs> ring, right? Um, so. I think that this, they're going to play off each other so well where you're going to see some incredible spots by Darby Allen, and then obviously Kyle's just going to like wear him down and wear him down. You're going to see that story being built in the ring. I think so too, and there's such a nice 
again, contrast and styles when people are in control of their contrast makes matches so fun and they are very different. Kyle's so violent. And Darby, I think, um, you know, one of my favorite matches with him was him versus MJF. And that was my favorite match of that whole pay-per-view. I couldn't even include Punk and Kingston because that didn't even feel like a wrestling match. That felt like a cathartic experience or something. Like that was so different to me. But that Darby MJF match was one of my favorite matches that I've seen in the past decade because I just thought it brought out such a different side of Darby. Like we see him do these insane suicide dives and the coffin drop and all these crazy things. But at the end of the day, he can also put some mat wrestling together. So I think that's going to be really fun. We have a super chat from JW Pringle. Hi, buddy. Coming in saying, hey, Kate, joining late. One love to the OG Paul Elizabeth. I had lunch with my dad today. He's delightful. We had a wonderful time. Don't say anything to Alex. (laughs) Doesn't look like himself tonight. (laughs) Different Alex. Different Alex. Driving to the beach in just a few hours. SGS for life. Thank you so much for your super chat. JW Pringle is always delightful. We appreciate the support from you. But yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that match. Um, we had a Hookhausen package. <laughs> that is such a that's such a weird partnering that it's just good. That's it. It's great. You know what? It's one of those things where the fans said it and sometimes you just lean in that direction for a short period of time and you do it. Like I don't think this is like a situation where they're going to be challenging for the tag team titles at any point soon. I think you're going to see this match on the pay-per-view. It's going to be super fun. It'll probably, I'm thinking this might be on the buy-in as well, but like what a, what a super, super fun um, thing to do. Like sometimes you just give the fans what they want and it is silly and great. And Danhausen is so wonderfully weird. Like, I'm very excited for this. And I think eventually we're going to get to a singles match between Tony Nese and Hook. But I feel like this is a really, really fun pit stop on the way to that. <laughs> but And I also think that you got to continue building Hook, right? You're just, you're just putting him in these situations to see how well he does. He's st- we forget, you know, he's still new to the business in one way or another. So I think that him getting into this into this match and just giving the people a little bit of that, you know, um, contrast is Hook is so stone face killer and dan housing is dan housing you know so <laughs> i think i think this match might steal steal the show not in like oh my gosh the grid but it's gonna steal it in a way where people are gonna be happy full of you know it's a great way to start the damn pay-per-view yeah and i think um when you see someone like hook and you see someone like dan house that if you're on the fence about buying a pay-per-view this is something that can push you in that direction sincerely like could be an absolute blast. We have my dad chiming back in saying, Sir Pringle, host and co-host, come and go. But our super chat saga indoors. Ain't that the truth? My dad and JW Pringle. My dad doesn't watch wrestling, by the way, just so that you know and everybody in the chat might know. Um, but he, because he's a wonderful dad, tunes into all of my silliness, which is a lot of silliness on Tuesdays and Fridays. This, this is really your dad. This is really my dad. That's so awesome. Hello, dad. We got cheeseburgers earlier today. That's so awesome. By the way, if you do you mind, I say hello. I got a couple people here from my side that are coming by. Hello, everyone that that's uh, supporting us here at Fightful and and from my side of things. And also, I saw a few people say um, thank you for your service. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you for your service. I was going to mention it at the Memorial Day package that we got on SmackDown, but 
to anybody who has served and especially to you, we uh, appreciate your service and everything, of course, that this weekend means. And um, man, like such an incredible and important thing that you did for our country. And now you're sitting here talking about wrestling with me. Like, what a trajectory. I never thought I'd be sitting next to a celebrity ever, oh, guys. Stop. Everyone in the chat, I was Stop. You're going to let Sean realize why I handpicked you to come on this thing. I'm All it takes super is nervous some flattery, right now. man. <laughs> Moving along, we got an Adam Cole and Samoa Joe package. Holy crap, I am so excited for this match. <laughs> I don't know if there's a ton to say. I can't believe this match hadn't happened before, um, just considering their trajectories. But I guess they were kind of just always on each other's heels a little bit, which makes sense if you think about it. But I think this is a great finals for the Owen Hart tournament. I'm thinking that Adam Cole takes it. You lose back-to-back -back title shots, you're a top talent. He probably needs it. And there's already a different story waiting for Samoa Joe. There was a part of me last week that thought maybe Kyle O'Reilly takes the whole thing to cause dissension within the super elite situation. But um, this feels like it's Adam Cole's to win. But I think that match is going to be absolutely incredible. What are your thoughts? This is going to be a fight. This is all this is going to be. It's, it's Adam Cole's way of um, shedding that early skin that he had when he first joined AEW, right? The fun Adam Cole baby, hanging out with the super elite, doing the, you know, the little antics and stuff like that. This here is going to push him further and into hopefully in the near future, some title uh, contendership. But yeah, this is definitely going to be a fight when I tell you, and you know, Samoa Joe, he's crazy. He's athletic. He's going to be able to pull off a lot of moves that maybe people are not going to think. And he's going to do it with, you know, who, who better than Adam Cole? I mean, he can probably just throw him around with one hand. So it's going to be really fun. I hope and pray for a walkaway spot. It's my favorite spot in wrestling. I don't think we've seen it yet from Samoa Joe, but the walkaway spot's my favorite spot in wrestling. It's the most logical thing in the world. I feel like the Owen Hart tournament is probably the best place to bust that out. I think it would be so fun. Um, but I'm, I'm so pumped for that match. And, you know, we're going to see Martha there. Uh, it's going to be great to finally have her, you know, we saw a glimpse of her in, in on dynamite, but I think having her there, um, for this whole thing and presenting probably the, the, the winners is going to be really cool. Do you think we see Brett? Listen, he's free to do whatever he wants. All he has is some merch contract with WWE. So why not? Like, it'll be great. You know? I really want him to show up, and I really want him to manage. By the way, Martha hasn't aged. Yeah, she looks amazing. I was like, My bro, goodness. who's that hot chick in the stands? <laughs> it's Martha. Turns out. Um, now let's talk about the thing that I absolutely cannot stand. <laughs> this TNT title picture, man. You need, you need like. Uh, it's not good. It's just bad. Uh. I will say this. So the segment starts with Dan Lambert on the mic. Oh, awesome. He has now two weeks in a row managed to go an entire segment without calling Tay Conti a whore. So I'll take it. But um, essentially in this segment, what we have is the reveal of Scorpio Sky's new belt. It looks like a Laker belt, which is awesome for him. I'll take the yellow and purple. He deserves it. Um, and then we get a video package of felons. Sammy Guevara and Tay Conti, and now Frankie Kazarian, who their entire character is that they break stuff and make out, apparently. Like, there's just nothing else here. 
But they break into the American Top Team uh, training facility. They see all of the belts that are in Dan Lambert's facility and decide the TNT belt wasn't enough. They're going to smash these cases and steal all of the belts. I will say this. I appreciated that they justified how stupid it was last week that they were like, we broke this belt as if there wasn't another TNT title belt floating around and belts aren't real easy to make. Um, so here's the thing. I I think Sammy and Tay will both be really good heels. They need to move the hell on from this feud. They ran it back one too many times. I don't know why they won't let Scorpio Sky be a face. I feel like people want to cheer for him. My guess is they want to get to a place where his face turn is like cemented in a feud with Ethan Page is my guess. Um, but this just is not working. I think the match will be great. The first two were great. I didn't feel like I needed to see it a third time. They haven't good, done a very good job of building me out a reason why I need to see it a third time. It's just a little cringy, and this match is going to be a mixed trios match, which will also, uh, at the pay-per-view, which will have the debut of Paige Van Zandt, the in-ring debut of Paige Van Zandt, which is what this whole thing seemed to be building towards. So hopefully it will be over. <laughs> but uh, what did you think of this segment, and what do you think about this match going into Double or Nothing? Bro, when they first got together, I said they're going to start doing on-screen stuff, you know, Um you know, I, I, I'm a producer elsewhere and I do stuff for someone else and you can say and I, who? Oh, okay, cool. Plug so away. Plug away. We love plugs. <laughs> so I, I'm a producer. I'm a, I produce uh wrestling with Freddie, with Freddie Prince Jr. And we had spoken, you know, we speak behind the scenes about a lot of this stuff. And, and one of the things that we were talking about was just that, like, we knew what was going to happen when they got together. They need something fresh. They need to go away maybe for a little bit and come back fresh and new. Where's Miro at? That's what I want to know, because if you happen to bring back Miro and start a feud against him and and, you know, Scorpio, my you want to talk about Scorpio turning face and shedding away Lambert and Ethan and just moving on. That would be the match of the year if you put those two together in a ring a couple times, obviously. And what's the next pay-per-view after after this? Not And I'm not talking about the ones that they do quarterly. Uh, the next one is. Um, uh, in in September, isn't it? November. It's uh, one, a revolution or something like that. Revolution is the one we just had. What is the what I is keep the October pay per view? Yeah, Jesus. Anyway, but yeah, There's I'm sure only you guys. Four of them, but I can't remember. I know. I'm sure you guys in the chat. Uh, not. Oh, uh, Jesus. Anywho, yeah. When that happens, I think that's where they full need gear. to fight. Full gear. Full gear. Full gear. That's what I meant. I I I must. All out. It's all out, and it's in September. Full gears. All out. Okay, cool. We got yes, it. There we, we nailed go. it. We, All yeah, out. We're, we're professionals. We do this for a living. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, there's four of them, and I can't keep them straight. My bad. That's because we're thinking about the 15 WWE pay-per-views that they still have. I know, and then, like, Battle of the Belts and St. Patrick's Day slams and all the in-between things that they do. But, um, no, okay. What's coming up is Double or Nothing. Is full yes. gear? See now the chat is confusing me because I thought it was all out, but now I'm hearing full gear. It is whatever. All out, right? The fall pay per view. Yeah, the fall. Yeah, we have four. <laughs> we have a spring, fall, winter, and summer pay per views. Um, that could be a really fun build. That could. I, there is a part of me that wants it to be Sky dropping to Ethan Page. I feel like because of the way that they work together. For thank you. It's all out in the fall and full gear in the winter. Thank you, Sky Singe. I see you. 
Um, <laughs> I think, you know, Miro was kind of the last time this belt felt super important. And I don't think that's Sammy Guevara's fault. I think he was so mixed up in the inner circle stuff for the first part of his reign. And then, um, it, then it got good. Like it was an open challenge title again. He was having these really great matches. He dropped to the right guy. Um, Scorpio Sky should have it. And then we ran this back, right? So we ran it back into the ground. There was like not a lot else for Scorpio Sky going on. So I think they need to go back, make it a workhorse challenge title again, um, and make it feel important. But Miro, I think, um, is is missed. Like there's not a lot that. of guys that are like missed, but he and Kenny Omega are two guys that are missed. That <laughs> Miro intro, when you hear that horn, you yes. know, on his, I need to hear that. The lights go out. <laughs> Boom, the light turns on on him, and my God has brought me back. You know, just pummel someone. Redeem these nuts, my friend. Redeem these nuts. She said it. <laughs> we got uh, a super chat um, from Tom Valley saying, broke, TNT title picture, woke, picture of the TNT title. Very well said. The new belt is great. Our moderator, Luis, who organizes all of these super chats said that it's sexy af and you know what i would agree with you <laughs> they're giving it, it they're, they're allowing great. people to have a little bit of play with it like they did with the u.s title you know i think it's cool i think it's good because they definitely had to retire cody's belt um or i'm sorry brody's belt and i think it was good that they just kind of kept that tradition going for every new champion that's a really fun touch um circling back to the adam cole video package uh, and my theory about the walkaway spot, Brandon Charles Powell saying, what if Adam Cole goes for the Panama Sunrise and Samoa Joe just walks away? That's what I'm saying, man. I want that. I want it so bad. <laughs> we got uh, a great match with Dante and Max Caster. Dante is always incredible in the ring. But to me, the biggest, most important part of this is Bowens in his wheelchair saying scissor me to Billy Gunn just absolutely cracked me up still was it scissor me daddy ass I think he said oh I god it notes. is so I was good absolutely cracking up there were some a few things this episode that I was just like it is seven o'clock and I am laughing extremely hard yeah scissor me daddy ass fantastic um but a really strong match here I thought this was super fun the right guy won what did you think of this match? I'm so bummed Bowen's a sidelines. He's one of my favorite, favorite, favorites. Yeah, I kind of, we, we've had a chat before personally, and I told you that Max Caster to me is so good. He's, he's physical, he's great in the ring, and him on the mic with the freedom that he has, obviously, you know, to certain constraints, right? Um, it's just, I, listen, we, we grew Yo. up in a different era. Yeah, hey, li yeah, yo, listen. <laughs> we used to have a phrase for Thursday nights. Was it must watch TV or whatever it was back in the day with NBC? He is must watch. Whenever you hear that doom, 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 doom drop, you got to turn the volume up and everyone in the house has to shut up because this man's about to spit fire. <laughs> I love, he's very polarizing. Some guys think it's not great. Everybody that likes him, I feel like, really loves him. I'm kind of somewhere in between. I feel like there's some reps that really hit and then some that are a little bit of a miss, but I think he's found more and more like what is what is working, how to be edgy without going too far. Uh, a general chat from Oscar Villanueva asking us what matches we think will go on the buy-in. 
I'm thinking it's the mixed trios and Hookhausen versus uh, Nice and Smart Mark. I don't know if they'll put a third one there, but those are the two that I, I would think would go there. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Same. I don't, I, unless something changes, um, card substitute changes. This is right on the damn, you know, commercial. Um, I think that, that the uh, Hookhausen match is definitely going to be going to be the the top one to to go into the buy-in i don't know what else they're they're i mean what else can they put in i mean I, I, like you could hypothetically put like darby allen and kyle o'reilly but that yeah. feels wrong you know what i mean like it, it's a little bit tricky um yeah so but, i'm looking yeah. at the card here and the card even the card actually has this you know oh, sorted out for us already yeah sorted out in a way so it has Hookhausen. I call them Hookhausen now. God, Jesus. they are. That's who they are. Uh, and Tony Nese and one of the worst uh, characters in wrestling, uh, Smart Mark. I don't How like it. Dare you. I'm sorry. There's there's just so much to do there, and he's not worth it. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so, How dare you? I'm sorry. I he, love Smart Mark. I do Jade needs to shed him. Jade, to I, if if Malcolm Bivens, Stokely Hathaway is coming in, that's absolutely the move to me. But I think Smart Mark has a ton of value. I just think his run with Jade is is kind of fizzled out. Um, yeah, you're getting some well deserved hate in the chat for that. Smart Mark Sorry, is great. Guys. How dare you? But that was my hot take of the week. <laughs> <laughs> but I I agree with you in the sense that like there's a lot of reasons in my mind that Stokely Hathaway and the baddies are a match made in heaven anyway. But I feel like Smart Mark and Jade have kind of have run their course anyway. That's time for him to move on. What does she tell? What does she tell Tony? Oh yeah, hey Tony, cut the quick, shit. <laughs> yeah, cut the shit. <laughs> More importantly, since we are quickly talking about this, Sunny Kiss needs to be in the baddies. All right, Sunny Kiss has not been on TV in too long, and I can't think of a bigger baddie in the world than than Sunny Kiss. Everybody should tweet at Sunny Kiss about this. Everybody should tweet at Tony Khan about this. Sunny Kiss is baddie. It should be there. <laughs> From Jersey City, New Jersey, you better oh, be up in there. I might be. A little biased with the jersey love but i do think it would be a fantastic fantastic fit you've got some support coming in okay mark losper saying the first thing i hear when i join is this random <laughs> smart mark mute him oh i could i have muting powers because i am the host it's not fun if you <laughs> It's like uh, CM Punk at the end of the pipe bomb, right? I cover you up, man. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. Cardo, the Mark saying, will not tolerate smart Mark slander. Boo this man. Boo. Boo. I guess this is my last time here. Thanks, everyone, uh, for, for... Title to your opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <So> rude. <laughs> Moving on to what I thought was an appropriate main event with a little bit of a surprise reaction from the crowd. Um, we had this really great promo, and I think this is part of why we got a weird reaction from the crowd, but, uh, Mark Henry does his, it's time for the main event thing, uh, which is just the most pure, wonderful thing in wrestling. And Chris Statlander and Ruby Soho give great promos. I want to focus on Statlanders because I loved the fire that she came out with. I really, really loved her saying, like, I've been here since day one, and there is nothing that's going to stand in my way. Like, I I really did love the alien gimmick. I am pro-alien gimmick. But 
um, because the women's division is in somewhat dire need of, I feel like, real deal baby faces and heels, to be honest, just like in-ring competitors that can go the way she did tonight. Um, I understand the change and I like the change and I feel like she is delivering. What did you think of the promos going into this match? Listen, Chris Stantlander from Long Island, New York now. Hey. Okay. Um, a <laughs> lot of, a lot of love here. Northeast from, love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, creative pros a good school. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. I loved her from day one when she got in. She is big in a, you know, physical way. Like she can beat your ass and she, you know, she's really good in the ring. Um, she's working her way into making better promos, obviously, like anyone who doesn't get that much mic time, you know, mm -hmm. but, um, she's definitely getting there, but I, she, you know, she's sexy, she's physical, she has it all. She's like a complete package. And I think that we saw that tonight after she lost. She, um, since coming back from injury, especially she's always been good. Um, and, but I feel like since she's come back from injury, she's just been great. I feel like her match with Britt was super underrated because of the card it was on, maybe the best of Britt's title reign. And she's just been fantastic. And one thing that I've noticed, like growth-wise from her in the ring, is she seems to be much more comfortable working with women who are smaller than her. When she was on the indie, she was doing a ton of intergender wrestling. And I think she was a little bit hesitant with people that were so much smaller than her. I don't know if you've ever seen Ruby Soho in real life, she is tiny, like real, real tiny. And she walks big, so I don't really think about it all that often. Um, but when I saw her uh, in Atlantic City, I was like, she's like, she's, she's legit very small. Um, and I thought this, I have so many great things to say about this match. But I think more importantly, my Wednesday night co-host got jealous that you were saying that you had people in the chat and that your co-host was here because he came in with a monster super chat. Thank you so much, Ryan, uh, for saying that Ruby versus Statlander was awesome, really pulling for Ruby to win it all. I kind of feel like she has to in a way um, because if they have her lose in another big spot like this, it's kind of like, what are you doing? But it also feels kind of weird that you would have Adam Cole win and Britt lose. Like, it feels like they might be setting up like a golden couple of situation here, but um, Let's talk about the match a little bit. I thought there was a lot of really good stuff. I thought they had fantastic chemistry. They really, really seemed comfortable working together. Um, I felt like uh, Chris was over like Rover in general, which we'll talk about the ending reaction, but her just monster lariat that she threw in the middle of this match was great. Ruby had a really nice double wrist lock. Kimura locked in at one point. Chris's just like basic stuff of like German suplexes look great here. Um, but the match ended with Ruby rolling up Chris and the crowd was, I don't want to say that it was like pure booze because it wasn't, um, but it was a mixed reaction. And I don't think that had to do with Ruby nearly as much as it was that people were really, really pulling for Chris Statlander. And that's actually really, really refreshing to see because there's been so much criticism from self-included about this women's division. Um, I didn't like the way that Ruby won. I think Ruby, if she goes on to win it all, was the right choice. Um, but I I was a little surprised. And then post-match, we get Britt coming down. Ruby kind of won it back at the end because she pointfully said, that's someone I like and respect. And that's what I just did to them. Imagine what I'm going to do to you who I don't like or respect, which I thought was a great way to build out the, the finish line of the story that they're going with here. But 
what did you think of the match first of all and what do you think of this crowd reaction yeah so you know the runaway has been lost for a little while to be completely honest like she has had no real direction it's like a really big up and down with her and i just i i don't know i was pulling for for chris i knew chris wasn't like gonna be going over but in my head i'm like oh man it would have been nice to kind of see her kind of like push her way through and start building some big spots especially with the character change the in-ring work between both of them was amazing they were physical and they were hitting every spot like perfectly to the t there was you couldn't even tell that there was anything going you know wrong a lot of the time when they go up on the top rope you can see that there's sometimes some miscues here and there but tonight and or this afternoon i i I saw none of that ruby going over okay cool let's see where this goes um i was pulling for chris but you know um the crowd the it sounded like booze i'm just to be honest it just it sounded she and she thought on her feet and she did the right thing by giving her praise to kind of just keep that going for her you know but the crowd wasn't hearing it even through tony Schiavone giving her the count on, hey, you got five seconds left. The crowd just kept on booing. Yeah. I think um, the cheers kind of came back a little bit after the promo. I think it's just tricky because you put situation of it's like face versus kind of face and then a heel that's still really likable and Brit, right? So that's like a really, really tough combination were they cheering for Brit because she walked down or were they? Yeah, people always pop for the entrance with Brit, right? So it's it's a little bit tricky. I I really think um, it'll get straightened out. I think people were just, were like you said, like we're pulling for Chris. And part of me was pulling for Chris too, but this finals does make sense, right? Ruby and Brit have a history together. There's a little bit of either of them could win with this. We're seeing that a little bit more in AEW, which is refreshing. Uh, predictable when it's good is okay, but I really like unpredictable. It makes it very fun. Um, and, and they they do have an AEW recorded history that they can play off of a little bit. So I, I like it for a finals match. I really hope Ruby goes over. Uh, we've got Dominic chiming in some support for Ruby, which was nice. I'll board the Ruby train, give her that trophy. I agree. We have a couple more Super Chats and Humper Chats about this. Tom LaValle saying Britt is always close to a tweener or a face ruby got a huge boo in her win could you see ruby getting booed or turn heel outright on sunday honestly i think ruby is extremely likable and charismatic i would not turn her heel just because of this i think it was just a tricky matchup and people want to cheer for chris statlander um and i again i just i don't think that was a condemnation on on ruby at all i think it was way more to do with um, people just just pulling for Chris, which is actually a really good thing. You just can't let this sustain a little bit. Yeah, God, there, I, timing and the, oh, go ahead. Oh no, no, I was just gonna say. I think I, I agree a hundred percent with you, and I think that maybe now they'll put Statlander in some crazy matches moving forward. I hope so, and I think just um, uh, I'm hoping a little bit more prominently featured in general. She's she's been great. There's been a lot of times where. Her women's match is the best women's match on the card. Um, and if she's not going to be wearing gold anytime soon, you at least got to keep her, I think, in like title mixes in a, a really big way. We've got Gunno chiming in via Humper Chat saying, 
Don't think the fans turned on Ruby, but Statlander is so good in the promo. I really think that promo played a big part in the fan reaction. And the match, uh, they were going for her. Hopefully fans cheer Ruby Sunday as she needs the win. I think they will. I think uh, it'll be a little bit more straightened out. I think the fan reaction was just to literally what was right in front of them today, which is, makes sense. It's kind of what it should be. Uh, Jake Salazar saying that he definitely wants Ruby to win on Sunday. Also saying AEW fans seem pretty dumb because, I mean, Ruby and Britt have been going at it since Ruby got there. It was obvious that Ruby was going to win. It's a tournament, though, and there's fun ways that they could have – that would have been a fun upset. Like, I would have loved – like I said, Britt and, and Chris had a great pay-per-view match. Like, that's a fun one to run back. But I think people are trying to show that they really like Chris Statlander and what she's doing more than they're trying to – um like crap on on ruby but i agree i felt like it was somewhat predictable but i think people's sliver of hope for the surprise there um is like a uh what am i trying to say they, they were they had a sliver of hope and it got shut down so they were that was more where the boo was coming from lord jackson saying the person to dethrone jade is no longer tbd is that saying you think it's going to be ruby or chris i don't know um, I don't think they're in the company yet, to be honest. I think that is eventually going to be Athena. Uh, all right. So that closes out our uh, Rampage chat for the time being. <laughs> Jake Salazar saying they just tuned in. And thank the Lord there's no Shaw. Nice seeing Kate run a chopper-free fightful night. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. We have Mark Quill saying, if Kate and Alex Pulaski is Team Kalex, does this make Kate and Alexis Team Kalexis? Well, you kind of go by Alex, so I don't want to call you 2.0 because that's an insult if we're talking like NXT world. You know what I mean? Oh God, Dad! <laughs> please don't ever you no collect. Uh, what is it, Kalexis? That sounds really like uh, what is it? Uh, Game of Thrones style. Let's do that. Oh, that kind of does. All right, I can I can dig into that. We got another chat came, coming in uh, from Andrew A saying, I was in the crowd and saw Denise. Oh, that's awesome. I thought Chris was maybe going to win until after her promo. I was more on her side, but I understand why people booed. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of as we discussed, but I'm glad you saw Denise. Um, that's awesome. I know a lot of the Fightful crew is there for the weekend. Uh, our Grapsity guys are all there too, I believe. So that is a blast. We had, uh, for Team Kalex proper, <laughs> we had a chat coming from Cox that Greg Howe saying, a chat to for Alex and his family on the move. I hope you're settling in, my dude. Well, I will let him know that and pass that along because Sour Grab Smackdown review is going on right after this. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that... A lot of people are really excited for this pay-per-view. I got to be honest. I think people are really excited for Double or Nothing. I feel like it might show up in physical ways. You know, I really do. And sometimes if you aren't standing on end, but you want to be and you need a little help, Sean Ross Sapp is here to tell you about a way to make that happen. It's the blue brand. And you know what that means. BlueChew.com. If you're looking to do it in front of a crowd, you don't want that performance anxiety when you're going to go have sex. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. But you know what? 
It gets rid of all the awkward talks and conversations beside this one. You don't have to go to the doctor's office. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. You work with their licensed medical providers. They find the right active ingredient for you, and it ships straight to your door. And when you get the package, it's not going to say, Sup, wiener pills. It comes in a discreet package, so your package no longer is discreet. It's not just for people with ED or problems. It's about that confidence. You want to perform at your peak. And how about this? Maybe, maybe you're starting to travel more. Maybe you're on the road more. You're spending more money. Not with your first shipment of Blue Chew. You get it free when you use the code FIGHTFUL. Just pay $5 shipping. That's how we keep the mailman hush-hush. $5 shipping is all it takes to get your first shipment and get that confidence. Maybe it's been a while after the pandemic and you're looking to get back out there. Get back out there with BlueChew.com. Code FIGHTFUL. I forgot to hit the stop button, so here we are. BlueChew.com, code FIGHTFUL. <laughs> well, in case you're missing Sean tonight, there you go. Hey, all you have to do is pay $5 shipping with the code FIGHTFUL at BlueChew.com. You know what else costs $5 a month? <laughs> a subscription to FIGHTFULSELECT.com, where there is going to be Literally so much news coming out of Double or Nothing Weekend. You guys are going to want to be subscribed. Lots of great stuff happening over on Fightful Select. Uh, the Graph City Boys are off tomorrow, I believe. That's not Fightful Select related. That's just a programming change that I wanted to tell you about because they had a great interview with Will Hobbs. Um, and they were on yesterday because they're going to be at Double or Nothing losing their mind. So excited. Some of you don't want to move on from AEW and I don't blame you because you might have seen SmackDown tonight too. Uh, Lord Jackson saying that Chris beats Jade. Strike while the iron is red hot. I feel like it's going to be an outside talent. I would love for it to be. I kind of wanted it to be Chris from the get because I didn't feel like Jade was there in the ring. Um, but I, uh, I, I would love that. I just don't think that's what's going to be the case. Uh, we have Padraic Gillespie. I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. I hope I'm not saying that he hated the finish. Ruby has a dang Blade Runner. Use it. Yeah, I feel like what they were going for was that, like, Ruby had to sneak a win because Chris was so evenly matched with her, right? Um, but it came across as, like, almost a little heelish and kind of cheap. So I, I much prefer that as the finisher as well. And I think her Blade Runner is great. <laughs> This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Well, let's talk about the thing that nobody really wants to talk about. Smackdown today. <laughs> there were some bright spots. Uh, it was mostly not great, in, in my opinion. What were your overall thoughts about Smackdown today, which was literally like all tag matches? Yeah. Okay. Crushed it. I, ne I, never, <laughs> I never want to talk about this. I know that's the thing is it's tough because we just get in the cycle of a lot of the in-ring work is great 
and the stories are all rematches are not very good. So this is another um, instance of that, unfortunately. Uh, and I feel like we got a lot of that today. It's kind of weird that I feel like there's like a, a lot of criticism about the tag division, and this felt like they were reacting to all of it at once. Like this whole match was tag matches of not really tag teams. Like this whole card was tags and very few um like matches. I know the, yeah, like I know that the Viking Raiders are in NXT, but they weren't here. Like it, it was just very odd use of tag team wrestling, but alas, we will have to talk about it. <laughs> we open with and Uso's promo, um, where they talk about how, shocker, they didn't need the crowd at all. They didn't need anybody but themselves in the most token trope possible. However, they did deliver it well. This was kind of fun. They had the crowd hook, and they slapped him upside the head a little bit. Um, and Shinsuke Nakamura uh, interrupted them which kind of makes sense because it seemed like he was in line to face Roman a little bit. Uh, and we find out that he and Matt Riddle are going to be facing the Usos. Uh, we later got an interview where both Riddle and Nakamura said that they weren't as good as their respective tag partners. Uh, Randy Orton is unavailable due to injury and actually Rick Boogs is unavailable to a real injury. So that's why this match is going down in the context that it is. The thing is is that neither of those are true in my opinion i think nakamura is a better wrestler than randy orton a little bit more of a fair shake nakamura saying that riddle is not as good as rick boogs is a flat-out lie so i did not like that segment one bit what were your thoughts feelings about uh this opening promo i thought it was fun but like a little bit tired as far as what the actual content of it was uh you know i i grew up watching wwe all my life and uh, you know I know that I'm talking bad about them just before and saying, no, I don't want to talk about it. But <laughs> I thought I thought that, you know, they're just they're trying to put this uh, the bloodline over the top. So like on top of everything and everyone raw smackdown, like it doesn't matter where we're in the car. So I felt like this opening was just it was soft, man. Like, yeah, yeah, you brought in Nakamura, but we all know Nakamura is just a stepping stone. And it sucks because Nakamura should not be where he's at right now, you know? And, man, like, talk about poor planning and poor execution. And I'm sorry. I know we were just on a high of Rampage, which is an hour show with three <laughs> matches. And then we come to this, and it's like, why? So, yeah, I don't know, man. And then you're throwing Mad Riddle in there. Are we done with the brand split? Is this it? We're just we're done with there it. There was a report. I think it was from Andrew Zarian of Matt Men. It might have been a Wrestling Observer report, but basically saying that the brand split is all but officially over, and it's kind of was all but officially ever started. <laughs> like it, it, they made a really big deal out of the draft, and then had like a little bit of crossover, and then lately have had a ton of crossover. But when you consolidate the belts. And then the guy with all of those belts is not on your program and your next pay-per-view. What are we doing? Right. So I guess it's important that they have that because they're eventually, I think, going to want Cody on SmackDown and things like that. But um, yeah, this was, as far as an opener goes, kind of like a textbook play. I felt like the Usos did all right with it. But to your point, it's just like to 
my other Alex. <laughs> who I How dare you? With. I you have know. another Alex in I your life? No, he was here first. I'm sorry. Okay, um, but he he likes to say to what end, which is kind of the case here. Like this is just very predictable. Even like predictable can be good when it's good, but not when this entire title reign has been predictable. Then predictable is just exhausting, right? So Ricardo the Mark saying, gotta hit my bong to get through SmackDown. We get a lot of that. We get a lot of that. So God bless you. Go for it. Uh, <laughs> JW Pringle saying, this just in, billion dollar company continues to make money regardless of the quality of the product. There it is. Even Coke suffered consequences after new Coke. This is truly the darkest timeline and it's not just a Listen, if, if you don't... I, I just want to say this, right? It's it's very simple, right? You got Bruce Pritchard and the rest of the team there with a notebook with with the old uh with the old script, right? Uh monologue, intro, uh insert wrestler here, insert name of town here, do this, do that. It's been the same for over twenty years now. And yeah. all they're doing is placing these different wrestlers in different chess pieces in different places and None of it has wowed us. None of these openings have wowed us. So I don't understand why they continue to do it. I just feel bad for Shinsuke. I, yeah, it's a it's a bummer to see him kind of in this amalgamation. But then we run into the problem of, I bet the match will be really good. And so it's like they continue to get away with it because the talent is great. So 100%. that gets a little frustrating. Speaking of predictable and being heavily rematched, <laughs> we move from this into the women's match. Um you know, it's it's always telling to look at the Super Chats. The Super Chats are down across the board right now. Um, but we have one. And we have one that is about thanking you for your service, which we'll get to. But we have one Super Chat about all of SmackDown on, on the queue. Um, so Shotzi gives a very odd I'm a locker room leader promo. Um, she gets blown off by Aaliyah. And she gets warmed up to in a sneaky way by Shayna Baszler and Natalia. And uh, later Shotzi gets locked in the locker room by Aaliyah, who's cackling like an idiot. <laughs> I just, uh, she, she makes the point, which is a good one, that Raquel is getting a rematch here. And... What's confusing is last week, Ronda Rousey said this is an open challenge situation right now for this title, which is good. I feel like Ronda should be a workhorse champion, especially as a face. And then they have one open challenge match, and then they have a rematch that they had the nerve to say was highly anticipated on social media by nobody because we didn't even know what was happening. So even if we wanted to anticipate it, we kind of couldn't. Um, and Shotzi kind of says, hey, Raquel lost. Why does she get a rematch here? Um, and the only thing I could think of when I saw this was like, oh, someone's going to interfere. And of course, that's what happened. There's no way this was going to be a rematch and clean, especially with that promo. Um, but we get Raquel versus Ronda for a championship contenders match. It's not even for the title, as our moderator, Louise, points out. Thank you for mentioning that. Um, there's interference from Shayna and Natalia. Shocker. Uh, and we got Raquel and Ronda versus Shayna Baszler and Natalia because it just turned into a tag match. You know when you're facing someone that's your enemy in the ring and then you just decide to tag with them because two other people interfered? 
what the effing f are we doing this i've never seen that no before no they did it one other time i can't remember what it was i think i think it was with ronda still and charlotte but i remember them doing one other time it made no sense then it makes no sense now um raquel and ronda work well um against each other there was one really fun moment in the tag match between Shayna and Ronda where they kind of like Ronda had the smirk on her face like I remember you which was fun I've been pushing for that feud for like a hundred years I would love for that to happen I don't know if they're ever going to do it but it would make a lot of sense um oh I forgot in the promo that Zia Lee blew off Shotzi and Shotzi had said, you're undefeated. Zaylee Lee has had one match. She got called up in October and has had one match. Uh, so undefeated is a little bit of a uh, an oversell here. But I don't really have anything to say about the match. I will say Raquel's corkscrew elbow drop thing is awesome. Um, but other than that, this just made no sense. And it was hard for it to keep my attention. I agree, man. Raquel Rodriguez is a powerhouse. Uh, someone that could most definitely be the face of the company anywhere where you where you stick her. She's big, strong, physical, athletic, and being wasted away. Right now, at least. Yeah, it's weird because she is a, like she just got called up and she got called into the title picture, but when you run it back like this, it doesn't really make any sense. So <laughs> it just isn't working. We have a Humper Jack coming in from Mark Cole saying, with how bad the week has been, I'm thankful that we get to end it with some levity by way of AEW's Double or Nothing on Sunday and spending some big wrestling weekend with Fightful's Best. Thank you for the fun, Kate, Alexis, and everyone else. Bless y'all. Well, bless you, Mark Will. We appreciate your support of us now and always. You're always being great and kind to us and everybody else in the chat. Um Nobody really wants to talk about this. Brendan Charles Powell saying, here is a super chat about SmackDown. I didn't watch it. Nailed it. <laughs> we have uh, Ed Uribe asking a uh, general WWE-ish question, saying, thoughts on Will Ospreay's WWE have actors, not wrestlers comments? Some will say it's Ospreay being in character, but the dude has a solid point. That's Ospreay being in character is making solid real-life points, to be honest. Like, um... And not one that hasn't been said before. Moxley said that in his Talk is Jericho interview uh, immediately after leaving WWE. That, like, if you're putting this many limitations on me, you want an actor slash stuntman. You don't want a pro wrestler because they continually punish you for caring. Um, so my thoughts are Will Ospreay was being in character and is also right. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts? Uh, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to read another super chat. I saw something come through. So I was just like, should I wait? Um, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm just a little bit, I'm so tired of, and I've keep on reading it here that 50, 50 lazy booking. And I'm just, as the chat's going through, I, I cannot agree more. It, it's unbearable. I'm like, why am I watching this? It's like a, you know, not, not making light of it, but it's like an addiction. You have to continue watching it to hope that maybe something positive will come out of it. <laughs> Every yeah. week, I'm sad. You keep making that uh, that hope. For me, it was like the pipe bomb did that for me. I'm like, well, now I can believe that everything's going to change with the 12-minute promo, right? So also, I get paid, too. I would not be watching this if I didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mark Lasper saying, Shanti is a locker room leader. Did she mean to say catering leader and flubbed the line? And then he said, that's harsh. That is harsh because that's not her fault. 
But it is a little weird to have her in the locker room leader position when Natalia is there. That's very odd. Especially when there's another character whose whole gimmick was that she was a protector. That seems a little more locker room. I feel like Natalia is going to be our next, like, uh, great moolah. She's just going to be there until she's, like, 88. Yeah. Giving birth to hands and stuff. Yeah, I was just going to say giving birth to a hand. Ricardo the Mark saying, let's talk about MGF being jacked, not SmackDown. We can talk about MJF being jacked. He is jacked right now. Uh, going into a match with Wardlow, I'd imagine you'd want to be as beefed up as possible. <laughs> um, Nerd Guru saying, every time I see Ronda, I immediately think, why is this woman champion and Sasha Banks isn't? Ronda is no longer relevant. Her return is a flop. I'm bored every time she's out and talking or talking or wrestling. Um, I'm bored when she's talking. I'm not bored when she's wrestling. Um, because I think she has a lot of really great in-ring qualities that a lot of other people don't just because of her background. I think she actually does very solid work in the ring. I just, yeah, I mean, you're right. And that the fact that Sasha Banks was a champion is ridiculous. It's even more ridiculous to make her a tag champ and not have a tag division. So uh, if you're going to give Sasha Banks gold, you should probably have it mean something. I don't really have a problem with Ronda being champion. I do have a problem with Ronda being champion over Sasha Banks and Sasha Banks not having anything real to do. Um, but I, I understand the complaint. I understand the complaint. Can I tell you and chat, please, by all means, shoot me down by all this. But like, I think that they need to repackage Ronda completely. Like the music, it sucks. It, she... She needs to come in as a complete bat. She needs the Brock Lesnar treatment. If you want me to take Ronda seriously in professional wrestling, she needs to leave again, unfortunately. Um, obviously, the first time she wanted to have kids, so that's totally different. Being a mom is priority. Uh, but if she wants to stick around and make a couple extra million, she needs to go away and come back and get that Brock Lesnar, Lesnar treatment, whether she gets a mouthpiece that comes out with her. And she becomes that badass, but she needs it bad. She needs new music, new gear, new attitude. Don't talk. Just get in. Beat the crap out of every woman in the roster until you find that one that's gonna challenge you back. Right now, it's just I don't. I can't take her seriously when she comes out, especially as a champion. Unfortunately. Yeah, you're getting support in the chat, and I agree with that. I don't know if she needs like a whole repackage as far as music and gear, but I think she desperately needs Paul Heyman, and I think it's a silly misuse of Paul Heyman to not have him managing her. That just seems crazy. Like, especially when he managed Brock Lesnar to such a successful degree. It's nuts. Eddie Rebay saying, it wasn't surprising WWE moved money in the bank to a smaller venue in Las Vegas after embarrassing ticket sales. Current WWE is a shitty blend of 98 to 2001 WCW and Hogan Bischoff TNA era. Please TK pay this godforsaken company to put it out of its misery. Well, that ain't happening. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I say to people all the time, I started watching in 09. I started watching really late, and people then told me it was the worst that the product has ever been from the time, from 09 to 11, till, till Punk's rung just about. And I understood why, and it was because they build up a guy and Cena would win, and they build up a guy and Cena would win. And as someone who came in loving heels over faces, uh, I got disinterested pretty quickly. Anybody who said that then isn't watching now, and the few that do 
say that this is a hundred times worse. <laughs> like oh <I've>, nine. <laughs> I've been watching since '93, and uh, this is crazy. Like I've seen every up and down in this company, you know, and this is bad. Like we're in a really bad situation. And I, I don't know how they're going to get out of it. I, I think I have an idea, um, you know, and that comes in the face of Disney buying them over soon. But, yeah. you know, we'll talk about that maybe one day if I ever come back and you allow me to grace you again. Well, yeah, if you apologize for your comments about Smart Mark. We've got I'm Mark sorry. Lossberg agreeing with you, <laughs> saying that Rhonda definitely needs the Brock treatment and that she needs to hardly ever be on TV or never give a promo again. I disagree with the TV part. I found it very annoying that Brock was never on TV when he was champion. I like fighting champions, uh, but I kind of agree with the never give a promo part. And part of it is because she was kind of, she was very like entertaining in UFC in a way that she is not now. And I feel like part of it is these restrictions that they put on promos. Like, I don't think she can feel like she has room to be naturally charismatic in any way that she previously had been especially with the piped in crowd noise like people underestimate that when they're piping in that crowd noise your promos have to be word for word so that the applause button guy knows when to hit their mark like things like that and you're not supposed to move around you're supposed to do all of these things like there's so many edicts that I think you have all of those running through your head and you don't have the ability to just speak anymore um Joseph Snurk said oh no I think did you, oh, there it is. Sorry. We had we had a little super chat confusion there for a second. Uh, Joseph Snark said, to be fair, Alex, almost everyone in WWE's music sucks these days. Our moderator, Louise, said, not genders. I have differing opinions on Ginger Mahal's music. but Don't we'll hate. <laughs> don't hate on the ginger. Ginger. Um, Jake Salazar saying, I haven't taken Ronda seriously since she got the ever-living shit beat out of her in round one. Well, you know, Punk didn't have the greatest UFC run, but I think he's pretty easy to buy into. I like she was the most dominant female athlete in sports for a really long time. Uh, Mark Laws were saying that was a joke. I just want Rhonda to go away. Um, yeah, I get the Rhonda hate, but like some of it's, I feel like I, I don't think her in the ring is bad. Sorry. You're never going to sell me on the idea that someone who moves the way she does is, is bad. Um, you could tell me it's boring because you don't, it's not your style, but she's, she's very, very good in the ring. I think, yeah, she's super good. Like, this is why I'm saying, like, give her something that makes her look menacing because she could kill people in the ring. Yeah, she's great. And, you know, I think people underestimate, like, the fact that she can sell anything is, I find, very impressive um, because she, shoot, got her ass kicked for a very long time. So, uh, but we move along to Dancing Shanky for some reason, Ginger Mahal and Los Lotharios. I'm going to tell you, I am just stunned, surprised, shocked, bewildered that there are no super chats about this. <laughs> Not, this was terrible. Um, so before the match, Jinder Mahal is looking for his tag team partner. And it turns out Shanky is dancing to their own theme in his room. All right. Um, fine. Then we have a tag match. And I'm not going to go too far into the match because I just don't feel like there's a ton there. I felt like Angel Garza sexually harassing a female ring announcer was weird and uncomfortable. It's like different than the kiss cam when you are taking off your breakaway pants and like getting way too close to her. Um, and that played into the ending of this a little bit because Shanky takes him out, which is a good thing. 
Um, but while that's going on, Angel Garza off the top, or I'm sorry, Humberto Carrillo off the top rope uh, gets the pin on Jinder. I didn't like that it was being treated like Shanky was a distraction on the side when he was equalizing the game. That felt very weird to me. I was like, why is he a distraction if he's going after the other guy? Um, That was just bizarre to me. But uh, the match, I guess, was fine. They kind of teased like Jinder and Shanky were breaking up at some point, but I don't know. How do you treat a former world champion like this is all I got to say. I don't know. He wasn't my favorite world champion, but still, like, what is going on? Listen. (laughs) I'm going to drop a rap here. Yo, listen. (laughs) I just, I can't. Like you said, let's not, let's not dwell any deeper than what you just explained. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Jake Salazar saying, Kate Jinder's music is pretty great honestly all right well i'm in the minority here everybody loves the music but me jobby rap man come on we've got our fightful heel chiming in nancy plus saying stop recording the show stinks especially the bangs my bangs are fantastic you can say whatever you want about my takes you can say whatever you want about my analysis of things you come after my bangs you're gonna catch hands matthew plus Make that into a shirt, someone, and sell it right now. Right? Thank you. I'm just printing t-shirts over here. Thanks for your money, Matthew Plus. We always appreciate you sending in, like, minor league insults and giving us your money. (laughs) Um, So the next segment happens to be the greatest thing in the history of the world because it's Kevin Owens with Sami Zayn on the KO show. Mark Glossopher immediately saying WWE does so many stories involving the term locker room leader, which can't possibly mean anything to anyone outside of the talent. So effing dumb. Um, I, I don't mind it when it's this because it's clearly insanely sarcastic. <laughs> like the idea that the guy who is like the little bitch of the bloodline is the locker room leader, I think is, is actually pretty hilarious. Um, I just love so many things about this. Kevin Owens is great. Uh, Basically, Kevin Owens wants Sami Zayn, the conspiracy theorist, to straighten out this idea that Ezekiel and Elias are the same person. Um, Kevin Owens saying that he hates his stupid beardless face. Um, There's a huge hug between them when Sami says, yeah, they're clearly the same guy. Kevin Owens gives him a hug like he's never hugged anyone in this life. It was incredible. Um, and then they get into a little bit of a scuffle here. Um, and Sami Zayn says, you know what? I was just being nice. Uh, I immediately retract that idea. They are clearly two separate people. One of them has a beard and one of them does not. They look nothing alike. There's pictures of them together. Um, just completely backtracking once he and Kevin Owens start to have a disagreement here. Sami Zayn on his way out says, I have a locker room to run. <laughs> and it killed me. Also in this segment, we get Kevin Owens pointing out that like, hey, uh, you're not like really a part of the bloodline. Like they're kind of just using you where Sami Zayn is like, how dare you? I found this super entertaining. I was hoping this collision would eventually happen because there's this Ezekiel conspiracy theory and you have Sami Zayn being a conspiracy theorist this, this past run. Um, I, 
I love KO and I love Sami Zayn and you would have to work really hard to make me hate something that they do on screen. So this was all for me. I loved this goofiness. What did you think of it? Hot take. Uh, I will not be invited back onto the show after this one, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. So uh, start recording right now. Uh, I think that the whole Ezekiel uh, thing was funny the first two to three times. I think to me has ran its course. Uh, I don't know why. I just feel like, okay, let's move on from this. Also, having um, KO and Sammy back and forth is like having the big show come in and be a heel on face every other week. Um, it's just, it, I don't I don't get it. Like, one week they're friends, the next week they're not. They're fighting each other, they're not fighting each other. It's just, acknowledged that. It's just crazy. Like, can we just uh, move on or figure something out with poor KO? I feel like they just threw him into something because they have him. He signed a new contract, and they got to get the ROI on him. You know, and they already spent a lot of the money on Pyro for Cody. So, you know, what can <laughs> what can we do for KO? Well, let's just throw him and follow Ezekiel around for six months. How long can this joke be running for? You know what? You and your takes. I wish they were nowhere to be found. I wish that geographically, I didn't even know where you were. Thank God there's a way to make that happen. And that's with NordVPN and Sean Rossap is here to tell you all about it. I started to travel a lot more for work, which is why I'm not on this show right now. And there are little things that I'm discovering when I'm on the road. Like I can't watch SmackDown unless I'm live at the hotel because YouTube TV tells me I'm out of my region. Fortunately, NordVPN.com slash Fightful can help. And it helps me watch a lot of shows that I would normally miss because they're region blocked in my area. Helps me get better prices on a lot of pay-per-view stuff. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. You can also use that code Fightful and you're going to get 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. And it's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. There is nothing to lose here with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. It's the equivalent of buying a cup of coffee every month, a small price to pay for premium cybersecurity and access to a vast amount of entertaining content. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. It has made my life a whole lot easier, especially on the road. Check us out. Use that code Fightful at NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Well, guys. We have a couple of super chats, and here you go. They're not about SmackDown. They're about Matthew Plus and his constant, definitely not at all kayfabe, entirely sincere treatment of us. Uh, we've got Jake Salazar saying, Jobber Plus, I thought I ran you off. You must want to go to sleep, courtesy of Jake Salazar. J.W. Pringle saying, Maddie Minus, buzz off, you scotch. And Matthew Plus saying, give me a cut of all the super chats about me. No, uh, we're just going to take your money. Thank you for super chatting that, though, and giving us more of your money. Uh, <laughs> J.W. Pringle saying, Maddie Minus, I'll give you a cut. Don't you know I'm loco? <laughs> I love our listeners. You guys are so much fun. Uh, let's talk about something that is not fun. Uh, we've got Mad Cat Moss coming up next week. Who cares? 
Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Uh, It couldn't be me. I certainly don't care about anything to do with Madcap Moss unless they are repackaging him, which would make me very happy because I think he's very skilled in the ring. Uh, Do you have any investment or care for Matthew Plus whatsoever? Uh, You know, I like like Matt Cat. I think he's... uh, Man, he is like... A physical sp- he is what McMahon looks for right he has yes. the, the look the body he can talk on the mic like he has a really good work ethic and I think you're right like just uh, that's another one they need to repackage make him come yeah. in as a monster heel make him go up against Walter or what's his name now Gunther Birmingham yeah. Gunther yeah <laughs> you know like let him <laughs> Birmingham sorry let him let him beat the crap out of each other like I want to see Two big meaty men like that just go at each other. Big meaty men slapping meat, as they would say. Oh, yeah. All right. I was going to mute you, but because you said the right things about Riddick Moss, we'll let it go. We have a couple of super chats going back to the KO and Sammy segment because you were wrong. Saying KO and Sammy could be given two segments in two weeks and could build a cell match as well. And that would be compelling because they're good. They're that good. And the one feud i'd have actually fight forever that's very fair um i never get sick of the two of them so i'm with you in that camp and uh alex is wrong mark wasper (laughs) and throw elias into the sun uh luis our moderator who could just type in whatever he wants actually sent in a humper chat because he's a man of the people saying not gonna lie i wanted another sammy ko feud after that segment I do too, and partly because I feel like their WrestleMania match got cut really short. I feel like this is probably a one-off, but I would love to see them um, fight again. I think that would be fun. Uh, Matthew plus Saga continuing. Jake Salazar is saying, get a cut of D's. I'll finish it for you. He didn't type it because he's a gentleman. Nuts! My man! Redeem these nuts. Uh, Mark Losper saying, I'm calling Walter Birmingham from now on. I'll take that. Uh, but you know what? Well, I don't like the Gunther thing. He has translated super, 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 super well to the main roster. And we get to talk about that now. This was really fun. We got Ricochet and Drew Gulak versus Imperium. Um, we have seen formerly Marcel Bartel, uh, now Ludwig. Uh, he has been coming out being kind of a personal ring announcer, doing this very long introduction for Gunther. My other co-host, my other Alex, kept pointing out, like, but why does he have no pants on all the time? Like, if he's not wrestling, let him wear pants as he's coming out to be a ring announcer. Today, we got the no pants payoff, and I'm very excited about it, just in general and for my other Alex. Uh, but we got a nice tag match here between Ricochet and Drew Gulak. Uh, I'm sorry, between Ricochet and Drew Gulak versus Imperium. Uh, this was a whole bunch of fun, and I anticipated it would be because all of them are great in the ring. I'm really glad that they gave Ludwig some shine here because we already knew what Gunther could do. We already know where this Ricochet and Gunther story is going. So if you're going to create unnecessary tag matches, uh, I think that this was a good way to do it. There was a really fun spot where Ricochet had Ludwig up on his shoulders and he just eye-raked him, like in this very, very logical heel thing to do. Absolutely loved that. Um, And 
we ultimately end up seeing Gulak take the pin here. I thought this match was a lot of fun. This was a really, really good tag match, though kind of unnecessary, as many of the tag matches were tonight. But uh, I thought this was great. What did you think of this? Yeah, uh, I, I think that I, there's some chemistry there. And, you know, we do see a lot of rematches and we do see a lot of these teams sometimes face each other 3,000 times, 400 million ways. Um, but I think that this is one that I don't mind watching. Um, you know, we they did this with, uh, what's his name, uh, Cesaro and uh, uh, Sheamus in the best of seven matches where they even did it in house shows. I think you could take it that far. Like, you know, like doesn't have to always be tag team, but like, man, Ricochet is always like you're always gonna get quality out of that dude you know so i think they should put him in there and maybe do something like i don't know like maybe they steal this idea and you listen to the show and i don't get royalties for it i'm not sure <laughs> but you know well it's your one-time appearance so relish in it the way you can um there's a lot of people that would rather talk about pants not via super chat but i think it's important uh drew gulak and uh, drew gulak drew nick was saying screw pants they suck I agree with him. I've, yeah. Scott George saying Lily may have a bone to pick with Kate as well. <laughs> Drew Nicholas. Very, very long-term storytelling about the pants, which I think is a really, really good point. Pants are for losers, we had being said earlier. There we go from Sylvie. I love it. Uh, you guys are really, really fun. But yeah, I love this match. I think uh, Gunther versus Ricochet, the title probably is going to switch, which is kind of a bummer because I feel like Ricochet was just starting to to get some some push here, but I am very into the idea of a Gunther. Um, Ricochet to Judgment ring. Day. I'm calling it right now. No, uh, no. Um, we completely skipped over, and it's partially my fault. And thankfully, our moderator Louise is taking credit for forgetting the segment out. Max Dupree. Uh, we do get a formerly LA Knight situation brewing here with Max Dupree and what I actually think is a fun segment and I'm almost mad that I think he's going to make this work because it's bad and they don't deserve it but last week we had uh Max Dupree showing up saying that he is running a male modeling slash wrestler agency situation and uh he signed a contract with Sonya Deville about it and Adam Pierce saying well she got fired so that contract's null and void. And he said, no, 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 my friend. I got a copy of it. And Adam Pierce reviewed it today and said, it's legally binding. You are here at SmackDown. Uh, Max Dupree corrects his pronunciation a couple times. But I think this is actually a, a pretty fun situation that they've put him in. I'm hoping he's a fighting manager because he is pretty good in the ring. Like, I would like to see him wrestle matches. But this is pretty fun. Like, I think it's kind of a dumb idea, but if anybody can make it work, it's LA Knight Max Dupree. Uh, and I think it was a good resolution to, like, the legality of it and that it was fun. He also tells Adam Pierce he is not attractive enough to be in it. So, <laughs> how, like, what a personal dig for poor Adam Pierce that he cannot be a male model. But I thought this was fun. What do you think? I think that he may he'll he's just gonna take you know um, anything and make it work. That's I think this is the cards that he's been dealt, and he's doing a great job of it. And I just feel like he's gonna get the TV time because of it. So good for him, good for him, and he's investing in his in his own stock, right? So 
Um, might as well go with it, push it forward, and and see where it takes them. And I, I feel like maybe this is the role that uh, Adam Cole was supposed to take. And since he kind of just moved on and went away, they gave it to to him. And whether we see him in the ring as a fighting, um, what is it, manager or whatever he's doing, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But I think he's another one that has a body. He can he can fight in the ring and he's very safe with other people around him. So I think we'll see him in the ring in one way or another, but he's going to make whatever they give him work. What is it? Making chicken salad out of chicken poop. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you with the respectful swears. I appreciate it. Um, Alex from sour Graps, which will be on right after this said, put the IC title. Um, he said, Walter, because He's sticking with Walter. And transition Ricochet to the tag division and call up Wesley. I really like that idea. I think that could be a lot of fun. Wesley is killing it on NXT lately. I don't think he needs to be in NXT much longer. That could be a really, really fun tag combination. Mark Losper saying Alexis has the most variable takes. Nobody needs to join the judgment dorks. Um, yeah, but they are. So... You know, you can it's, plug and play there. It's the wish version of uh, the, house, <laughs> the House of... House of Black. House of Black, yeah. We also, we've heard a lot of House of Purple. Um, it's it's not great, but people are, are joining it. I do think it's going to be Finn Balor eventually uh, turning on AJ Styles and joining it there. But guys, last call for Super Chats and Humper Chats. We're coming down the home stretch to the main event here. Uh, we do get a very nice Memorial Day package um, thanking veterans like yourself for their service. Jake Salazar said, damn, I just saw your hat. Thank you for your service. Much love. I have the same sentiments. I think everybody in our wonderfully supportive chat does. Thank you for serving and thank you to everybody who has served. We appreciate veterans who are defending our country. Um, and we move along to the main event, which is the Brawling Brutes fight night, whatever you want to call them, versus New Day and a mystery opponent. Which you could have learned who it was on Fightful Select if you had subscribed. Um, I think we all knew it was going to be Drew McIntyre anyway. Uh, this, I thought, was a fantastic match. We had gotten some segments earlier in the show. It was kind of nice to see Xavier Woods living his king life again. His getup was a little bit more regal than we had seen of late, which is nice. Um, I I love that they gave this match the appropriate amount of time, despite their best efforts of sticking Drew McIntyre into a meaningless feud with Madcap Moss and Baron Corbin for a really long time. He is incredibly over still. Um, but I I really, really liked this match. There was some fun storytelling. Drew McIntyre got put through the steps. Xavier Woods was out of this match for a long time as well, but they came back at the end to kind of even the score. So Kofi was no longer fighting on his own. Um, and Xavier eventually gets uh, the win, not using the backwoods, which was refreshing because that's a roll up with a pun, but using his incredible, uh, oh my God, not frog splash. What is it? Flying elbow. No, it's not a flying elbow either. What did he win with? It's like one of the best in wrestling. What did he win with? Why am I dumb today? I can't remember that all out. It's in October. And I can't remember what Xavier was won with. It'll come to me. But I thought this match was a lot of fun. 
these six mans are have been very good, and Drew has been in two of them, and I don't think that's a coincidence. I thought the Drew Day, right? Thank you. It is a flying elbow. Thank you. Um, and it's really, really damn good. That's why it's a shame that I forgot it. Um, I mean, he literally flew across the ring almost. Yeah, it's like coast to coast length with a flying elbow. It's a, a fantastic one. Um, but I, I thought this match was a blast. It was a really good way to close. I'm glad they gave it an appropriate amount of time. What did you think of this match? And why can't I remember a flying elbow? What is wrong with me? Today? It's okay. You had it right the first time. You did remember it. You just started second right? guessing yourself. Yeah, you should <laughs> never do that. Always go with your gut. Um, so what I would I would say that yeah, it was a good match. I'm. Uh, Hot take, the last hot take for the night, everyone. <laughs> then you can get rid of me forever. But I am so overly bored over Drew McIntyre. Like, he is just so boring to me. Uh, everything about it. His presentation, his character, his goody two-shoes, his sword, his over-the-topness. It's just, I'm done with it. Um, so, yeah. But oh, overall, the New Day will always, always never not make me happy when they're on television whether they're doing something after Raw, you know, and we're watching it there live. They're just so good. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, to me, he's just – we the whole match would have been great even if, if, if it was just uh, the New Day alone without Drew McIntyre. They could have they done a three-on-two, and I would have been happy. Hot take. I, I don't necessarily disagree with you on the presentation and character part of it. I think – a lot of that has gotten really gummed up since he, he came over to SmackDown, unfortunately. But Drew in the ring is just always super impressive to me, and I, I like him. I agree the sword stuff is annoying. Um, my other co-host, Alex, will frequently say, like, either, you know, shit or get off the pot. Either decapitate someone with the sword or don't, you know? Uh- <laughs> Listen, at the end of the day, and, and I will, this is why I mentioned the presentation and things, because physically in the ring, the man can work. but i'm just talking about it's just it's boring like you know it just gets to a point where it's just like cool you know what do we do from here where do we move on so you know physically in the ring he can he can do it all but i'm like all right cool sorry guys no 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 that's a good i think that's a very fair take i think that's a very fair take we got a couple of super chats and humper chats not about this which is okay but wrapping us up here Marty Lost, we're saying nothing to do with SmackDown, but I'm with Alex Lawrence. House of Torture is greater than the Judgment Dicks. Relax, Mark. Okay, it's bad. We know, but it's not because of the quality of the people in it. It's the creative direction, which is always important to um, point out, I think. I feel like there's obviously a lot of really, really talented wrestlers in it, so calling them Judgment Dicks is rude. Um, but, uh, But yeah, I think the... Well, they're just trying to give him the rub, the whole proverbial rub. You know, they, yeah. they have someone like Edge. So if you surround these people around Edge in the hopes that all of this rubs off on them and, and the Edge magic and they become greater than what they were because they were around someone like him, right? So Agreed. And building a stable around him, I think, is a very smart idea. I feel like building this stable around one of the most, most natural um reality-based talkers like edge is a is a stupid idea but i don't think it's that they're dicks the evolution of edge he doesn't have to do much in the ring anymore he can become create his own brood i guess i prefer young bucks dressed as hardies with gangrel if you're gonna brood it up but is what it is uh we've got brandon charles powell powell saying uh gunther as intercontinental champion 
where am I hearing all this buzz about Matt Cat being the Intercontinental Champion? And Louise chimed in saying, Joel Pearl, the answer is our Joel Pearl, uh, who is one of our amazing moderators, also doing our new Impact Post Show, which has been fantastic if you haven't caught that yet. Also doing a ton of work for us on Fightful Overbooked, which Sean always describes as our ESPN8, the Ocho. So quick plug for that. Um, but that El about wraps us up. Um, I do want to close out and just say, do you have any real quick, um, any surprise appearances or predictions for Double or Nothing? Yeah, you know that someone's going to show up. Uh, it's 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 one of those pay-per-views that you know that um, Tony Khan has somebody in his pocket right now. Who I don't do know who it it's going to be. Uh, I don't know. I'm You know, I could always text Freddie because he, <laughs> he hangs out with Tony. But, don't uh, spoil, but I want uh, your honest to God prediction. Um, I don't know. I, I think that Hangman retains. That's going to be my um, my big one. Oh, I think what? I think that uh, CM Punk is there to, as much as people might think that he's not, that he's in it for himself. Still, I think that he comes out of it. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a clean bout and someone interferes, but I think mm-hmm. Hangman is going to come out of it, and, and that's where, you know, maybe I keep it. Do you think that if Hangman retains, they run it back in Chicago and Punk goes over there? Because that's been kicking around in my head. Yep. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Yep. And you're going to see somebody, you know, they got the open door thing with New Japan now, so somebody mentioned it's, it's Okada. It's a forbidden door. Yeah, I'm sorry, the forbidden door. <laughs> Never. I don't back. know. I feel like if somebody shows up, it's gonna be a Gargano or a Claudio. Um, I think that could be very, very fun. I definitely think uh, Cesaro slash Claudio is is coming in at some point, and Gargano as well. Maybe both. Maybe not. Maybe not there's here. A, there's a wealth of talent, and I just can't pinpoint on who because he even mentioned it. I can't sign everybody. So yeah. now I'm up to the point where like the roster's kind of stacked. So like if he's gonna bring somebody, it's because he believes that they're gonna move the needle somewhere in the middle of the roster. I think Johnny Wrestling and ROH could be a a great, 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 great call. So maybe not him here. Maybe once that's on TV, I do think Claudio is somebody that moves the needle. We've got Wrestling Riggle saying to all those who have served a big thank you. And Kate, my wife, says your bangs rock. Thank you guys for the awesome content. Well, thank you for both of those wonderful, wonderful things to say. Um, My prediction is, man, this kills me because I counted out the days and both Dakota Kai and Stokely Hathaway are one day off of their non-compete, which I feel like is very intentional by WWE and they wouldn't let them out of it. But I would love to see Dakota Kai or Athena come in to challenge Jade. I think that could be really fun. Um, but yeah, I think I think you're getting Claudio or Gargano. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Anytime I've had a prediction, though, I'm usually wrong. Like, I'm usually wrong about the Jokers. I thought somebody was going to show up last pay-per-view and it was Regal, which was amazing, but totally not what I thought was going to happen. So I'm usually wrong about these things, but um, hopeful because I think both Johnny Gargano and Claudio would be absolutely fantastic. But um, we will call it a wrap there. Uh, A reminder that on Fightful Select, Alex has the most sour of reviews of SmackDown. I'm sure he would appreciate it if you went over there and talked to him about AEW Double or Nothing instead. I don't know. I might jump on. Who knows? Uh, 
<laughs> also, subscribe to Fightful Select. Tons of news coming out of uh, Double or Nothing weekend. We'll have you in the loop. On the main, you will have uh, Sean doing the post show because he is home. I forget who his co-host is. Apologies for that. But Alex and I will also be behind the paywall doing the Double or Nothing post show there. Thank you guys so much. Alexis, where can the wonderful people find you? You could always uh, find me at... Two- oh, no, no, that's my home address. You guys can... Yeah, yeah. Uh, follow me on, on Instagram, or you can just, you know, go there. I have everything on there. I'll just underscore Alexis Cardoza, I think it is. Hold on, let me check right now. Nope, just Alexis Cardoza altogether. Just go there on Instagram, Alexis Cardoza, and then you'll find my link to like all my other crap, like my TikTok reviews and all that stuff that I do for fun. Fantastic. And what are you producing that these people might be so interested about? Oh, ladies and gentlemen. Well, our <laughs> final two episodes of Wrestling with Freddy are about to air. Uh, we did a deep dive on Lord Steven Regal this past week. Next week, we do a little bit on Michelle McCool. You might want to pay attention to that one because Freddy does apologize to uh, Michelle on that one. Um, about something that did happen when he was producing matches for her. And then our last episode, uh, the following week, uh, will be all about the fans. We had fans ask questions and keep a lookout for AEW Dynamite on the first because there might be a face that might show up on television there. So a little teaser for you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for sitting in for Sean, who had a much-deserved night off. Thank you to our wonderful sponsors. As always, be sure to check out Blue Chew and NordVPN. Even if you're not using them, please tweet at them and let them know you heard about them through us. Have a wonderful weekend. Have a safe weekend. Enjoy Double or Nothing for those of you who are watching. We'll catch you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.